Oh, it's lovely. It's oh, gorgeous. Isn't it nice? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And who's, you're a vegetarian. Who's the vegetarian? Oh, you are, yes. Yeah. Oh, then you must have some tabbouleh. It's fantastic. <laughs> I probably will try it more than I could. Now, how do you manage as regards being a vegetarian um, okay. with all these meat eaters around? I've never had any problems before. I've been a vegetarian five years, so I've never had any problems before. I'm holding that well, you know. I always fall back on the chocolate if I Nobody's looking forward to a man. <laughs> we have those on holidays, we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bridget, you have a boyfriend, haven't you? Yeah, I do. You're not looking forward to seeing him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's admitting too much. <laughs> An after-work get-together with the girls. An after-shopping spree. A chat at coffee time. Morning break. Wrong. Every day for six months, these girls must wear a uniform and carry a gun. All day and every day. And the first time it was fathers, the last time it was sons. And in between your husbands marched away with drums and guns. And you never thought to question, you just went on with your lives. Cause all they taught you who to be was mothers, daughters. for you? I actually don't know his age at the moment, but I find that... Between 25 to 28? Yeah. Okay. Now I know what to do. I will give you the answer later. Okay, yeah. Um, he wants to fly at night as well, Judy, preferably. What? He wants to fly at night time. Night? Yeah, if possible. Uh, okay. Okay? probably night time. Yeah, okay. okay. So I'll talk to you later on. Alright. Thanks, Judy. Bye. Bye-bye. My name is Carmel Morin. I'm from Limerick originally, but I'm stationed in Galway with the 1st Battalion at the moment. And for the last eight weeks, I've been out here with the 74th Irish Battalion in Lebanon. I am the assistant adjutant and the travel officer, so I have two roles, really. Um, in my capacity as assistant adjutant, I would um, work with the adjutant, who deals with all the administration of the battalion. Um, I would do his work while he's away on leave, or if... He's inspections or anything like that, I would help him out there. But um, my main work would be travel out here. 
because people are away from home for so long, holidays are very important to people out here. And it's my job to organise all their holidays for them, make sure they get the, the right flights and the right holidays at the right prices. Now tell me how much holidays they get. We get approximately 18 days for our trip out here. For the six months? For the six months, yes. Yeah. It, it works out at two and a half days for every month you're away from home. And on top of that, we get two long weekends, known as 60 hours, to be normally spent in Israel or in, um, in Lebanon itself. But the 18 days holidays is the main one. Now, on this trip, being a winter trip, there are over 120 people travelling home to Ireland. 90 of those are going at Christmas, and the others will be stretched out between January and March. Now, did you know anything about this before you got here? Not an ocean, no. <laughs> I think I'll be able to open my own travel agency when I go home after this. Uh, hi, Carmel. Hi, on. I'm looking for uh, prices for Spain, please. Somewhere uh, Bilbao, around the 1st of February. OK, the uh, price for um, Bilbao that we have at the moment is $575 plus 15 tax. And uh, have you any price for five lads for Cyprus? Yeah, the um, Middle Eastern Airlines are offering a special price to Cyprus from the 1st of January on. It'll be approximately $145 return from uh, Beirut to Larnaca. There's four flights a week, lunchtime every day, returning on the same days at lunchtime. Okay. So um, I'll book your flights all right, but the accommodation you're going to, have to look after yourselves okay. for. With the flights, it's straightforward enough. I have a list of all the prices to most holiday destinations that people would look for out here. Cyprus and Ireland and Elat would be very popular. You would have got them from the previous person? Who no, I got them myself with the travel agents because mm -hmm. the prices would change from season to season. Now, we have a few exotic places that people want to go to this year, so I find out those prices as well for them. Like where? Um, there's some interest in going to Mauritius. Somebody asked me about uh, going to Goa. and I had never heard of Goa. I said, Goa where, when he said it to me. Um, places like this. A lot of people are interested in going to Kenya this year because it's quite cheap to fly from Tel Aviv to Kenya. Do you get any little perks yourself? Have, um, have you an in now with all these <laughs> travel agencies? There are a few perks, yet. Um, about... Two weeks ago, I was brought to a lat for, for two days as part of a, an orientation, they called it. I had to go see all the hotels down there. It was very, very nice. It was courtesy of the travel agents down there. Well, I'm heading off to do a shotgun. There is a car going down to Nakura, so a shotgun always travels with be a driver, uh, a person carrying a weapon for security reasons, you know, just in case you came across anything or which is very unlikely, hopefully, but yeah. for security reasons, to carry a weapon with me and your ammunition, you know, your flak jacket and helmet and things. So you were the girl going down to protect the others? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for a change. You mostly do it once a week or so, you know. It's always only, like, we only during the day, we say with cars don't really travel after five. You know, you travel in the seasons, you know, the seasons after that. Yeah. Cars wouldn't go in and out the gate after five, and then when it gets dark, it's too risky, you know. So it's only from in the morning until five o'clock you'd be able to do a shotgun. I have you to go to Nakura. Hmm. Well, actually, the the PX is going down to the shop to um, stock up beer for the for the canteen to have it for an hour of beer. So um, that's why really just to get stores. That's uh, it. And, and you work sometimes in the canteen too. Well, no, I work in the bar below in the mess sometimes. I've never not in the canteen here. Um, and what does that entail? Just general bar work, really. You know. You haven't been given that because you're female. Oh no, no, no. I mean, there's, there's two fellas working with me as well. Oh God, no, no. 
and you do what we say, you can do a week waiting in the mess, the meals, and then you'll do a week in the bar. Just you only work the night times in the bar from 8 to 10. Do you enjoy that? Yeah, I do, yeah. It's yeah. probably a good bit of crack. Oh, yeah, then, yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> grand. What beer is what? Well, three Almaza for two dollars, <laughs> and the cans two for a dollar, or the large cans one for a dollar. Shorts dollar, <laughs> it's very cheap. All the shorts are a dollar. Well, brandy is two dollars, I think. And the rest are all a dollar. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. It makes for easy adding up, doesn't it? Oh yeah. And there's Everything, no change. No change, no. Everything is either two for a dollar, or three for a dollar. You know, <laughs> so it's very handy. What happens? Do they get noisy or obstreperous sometimes? Over no, actually, they're quite in the, the canteen, so they are. Except you might have a, a sing-song in the in the nighttime, you know. That would be odd. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. there's a great crowd out, like, there's been no rows or anything, you know. But again, the, the bar closes at 10 o'clock, I suppose, which is a lot to, to do with it, you know. And do they all go at 10? Well, no, you would, they wouldn't leave at 10. Let's stay until half 11 and 12, like, but there wouldn't be there's any no drinks. You wouldn't drink. be, yeah, oh, yeah, just hanging around, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we sit in their billets all the time at summer to, to go, you know, and talk. What's it like being a girl out here? I find it okay. Like, the lads are very nice to us, and we have no problems with any of them, so we haven't. Mm-hmm. They've been all good to us, and they treat us as a soldier more so than a girl, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So, we're doing the same duties as them, and there's no problem. And you're romancing? Us. No, well, not with me. Bridgie is romancing, all right. Well, not out here. You can't romance out here <laughs> or something. But she's, um, she's going with a fella. He's and actually in the Rangers at the moment, yeah. in the car. So, she's getting well, her. romancing in the army, but not actually here. No. No. Well, I'd say girls have been out, like, their boyfriends have been out at the same time, but... No, not really. You couldn't, yeah, you couldn't really do anything here. You see, our billets are out of bounds, all male. <laughs> so, yeah. you, make, you make a lot of good, good friends here, though, you know? Because everyone gets very close here, and, you know, you have to, really. So now we're going to go off and do shotgun, is that it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I'm leaving at half eight, so... Put that stuff better on the floor, just in case it falls. I'll do an ops duty maybe once, twice a month, well, twice or three times a month usually. Um, yeah, it's very interesting duty. We make up, we help make up the brief for the officer to read out the next morning. We take in all the shoot reps from all the companies, like if um, the DFF are firing a looms or anything like that, the companies report them in to the operational. Did Orla get away OK this morning? Oh, yeah, she did, yeah. She's fine. She's gone off with her. Playing shotgun. <laughs> yes, playing shotgun. Do you have to do that? The shotgun? Yeah. I get to do it occasionally. It's yeah. very interesting. It's great to get out, get out of camp for a change and get yeah. out to see the OPs and get down to Nakura. <laughs> Not too often. It is, yeah. That's the nice thing about here is the fact that um, you have all different duties. Isn't it? Yeah, like in Shamrock, you get to see a bit of everything. You get to see um, what the lads are doing on the OPs, and you get to go down to Nakora and see what they're doing down there, and you get to see what all the engineers and signals crowd are doing as well. Yes. It's great. You see everything. Battalion HQ, it's the heart of it all. Hello, Uniflops. This is Irish Bet Request. Logging time for one shoot rep, over. Alright, this is Unifilops. Logging time for one shoot rep is figures 1905, over. Roger, Unifilops, your logging time 
Figures 1 minor, 0 5. Para 1 alpha, Irish back. Bravo, figures 6 27. Charlie, your login time, figures 1 minor, 0 5. Para 2, figures 1 minor, 0 0. Okay, now what was all that about? Okay, that was just a, a report I had to send in to you in flops. It was from position 627. It's one of our Irish positions. They saw an 81mm mortar flare uh, going off between 1900 hours and 1901 hours. Um, it landed in the area north of Rashaf and it was Rashaf is a village uh, not too far from here and it was sent off by the de facto forces one of their positions um, like the damage causes unknown like usually a flare it goes off in the air and it just lights up the area around it and we just have to report them in as soon as we get them in and mark them up on the map then as well for the morning brief I'm Bridget Lawler I'm from Sagard County Dublin um, 24 years old. It's my first trip over to Leven. So far, so good. I'm enjoying it. When did you join the army? I joined the army, army in May 1990. And it was brilliant. I really enjoyed my recruit training. It was fabulous. We spent six months in the Curra and um, it was a great bunch of girls. There was 29 of us all together and it was, it was excellent. I loved it. Every bit of it? I loved it. Oh, it was hard bits, all right, but... Um, what were the hard bits? Tell me those. Oh, some... Um, some of it was physical, some of it was mental. You just, you had everybody had their down down days, you know. But um, they all sort of stuck together and pulled each other through. It's just a case, haven't it? Was it sort of physical or, or mental distress on your down days? Um, I'd say it'd be a combination of both. Like, you know, we'd be running around the Curra Plains doing our section attacks, and yeah, like that alone. It's like if you don't get it right, it's physical and mental because like your NCO is coming down you for not doing it right and then you have to do it again so it's physical and it's running and you're carrying your seafoam your rifle and your helmet and it's you know <laughs> hail rain or snow it's like and you didn't get any special treatment because you were female um no like I wouldn't say we did like we were all female it was like competition among ourselves oh, so you all the females trained together yeah, you, didn't well, train, you didn't train with the men no which is, is good because the guys, which is good and bad. Like, I, I would have preferred to try, like, on my NCOs course, I was in with a bunch of lads, and which was myself and another girl. Otherwise, you'd have people coming back to you and saying, Oh, you did, you're women, you get away with this, you get away with that, you didn't do this, and you didn't do that. And, like, you don't want to be treated like that at all. Does that happen? Um, well, I don't look for special treatment, and I, like, I know a lot of the girls don't look for special treatment, but you'll always get guys saying, Oh, yeah women again they didn't do this and they didn't have to do that you know this is just the way it goes it's one of the slagging that goes on between the men and the women as well how long did you have to apply before you got here well before i got to the lab yeah. um i was in the equitation school for three years and i didn't apply while i was in the equitation school i left the equitation school last april and as soon as i got out i applied and i was fortunate enough to get this trip Slagging me off there. Um, and you left the equitation school to come out here? I left the equitation school um, to go work in the sports office in Eastern Command Headquarters and 
I put in for the lab then. And I got so, it. so just after you joined the army, did you go straight to the equitation school? As soon as I finished recruit training, yeah. Did you want that? Um, well, I worked at horses before I joined the army, so I wanted to combine the two. Where did you work with horses? I worked in England in a hunting yard in Gloucestershire, and I worked in America in a summer camp. And before that, I spent two years in a riding school in Newcastle, County Dublin. So and like before that, every time like while I was going to school, I was mad into the horses. Horses are horses with me. It was horses and nothing else. That's what it was. Really? Yeah. And do you not miss them now? Um, I do. Yeah, I, I miss them big time. You don't see many horses around here. It's all donkeys and mules and any animal you see, it's anorexic looking. You know. Apart from family, what what's the difficulty about being out here? Um, little home comforts. So yeah. Using, able to use as much water as you want. But, you know, at home you don't you don't worry about leaving the tap running because there's no water shortage. But um, over here you have to watch everything you do. You, you can't have your electric heaters and your electric blankets, and you can't leave lights on everywhere. You're running down the jenny. You can't leave taps running. You're running down the water supply. And um, it's so like a Jenny big, is the generator. Jenny's generator, yeah. yeah. It's like a big family out here. Like everybody pulls together. Like if, if anybody sees you down any day, like they'll, they'll do their best to cheer you up. And That's nice. You'll do the same for them. Like yeah. if, if they're yeah. down, you like try and help them out, pull them out of a spot. Like if, if anybody's looking for anything, um, a helping hand or anything, everybody will offer. It, it's great. Is there any job here you'd particularly like to do apart from all the jobs that you do do? <laughs> well, um, wouldn't mind been given opportunity to work at checkpoint which is yeah. like out in a village somewhere out in the village yeah. yeah i know it's hard like it's harder than being in camp shamrock like the, the lads out there like in camp shamrock shamrock you have the canteen you have loads of different people to interact like out in the ops on the checkpoints like just about which might be about 40 people and like they have to put up with each other Despite no, personality always, clashes and everything, they just have so to they have yes. to get in there, work together, and do the job. Mm -hmm. You can't afford like you, you have um, enough problems getting on with local people and like obviously getting by with the Hezbollah there, like without having internal conflict as well. And as well as that, you can't even walk down the road to the pub or no, walk down the road to the cinema or anything. Like, if you go outside insane. the camp here, you can't go by yourself. There has to be two people, and you have to be armed. Okay. Every day we have um, recreational training between four and five, but they have security going up and down the road in cars, like while people are running up and down their tracksuits, you know. It's, it's, it's different. You don't have the freedom at home. You don't have the cinema. You don't have all the soaps, all the television programs, you know. It took me a while to settle in. It took me about three weeks to settle in, but now I'm grand, like I'm on my feet and I'm flying. So I, I jog, like you go down to the mess, just to get out of the room, um, watch television, my videos, write letters, read books. You know, like just, just circuit training on every, well, not every evening, every Monday, uh, Wednesday, and Friday. And go up. Like, you have to be doing something. If you don't do something, you, I'd say you, you crack up. You Number one is the summary of incidents. It's what actually happened within the 24 hours. That we send that into Unifil Ops, make it up that way. Number two is the Unifil summary of incidents. They send that out to us. It's the compiled incidents from all over the Unifil AO, from all the battalions like Gambat and Netbat and Finbat. Um, three is the 
casualty state, like um, people in the RAP. Um, people who are sick. People who are sick. The number of vehicles we have on the road and the armoured fighting vehicles, the number of armoured fighting vehicles we have on the road. All the time that any ones that are on the road are logged down there, are they? Yeah, and if they're off the road as well. Oh, that, that's, the, all these are given out in the morning brief. Number four, that's the journal, the unit journal. It's all the phone messages that come in during the day. Look at your young men fighting. Look at your women crying. Look at your young men dying. They've always done before. Uh, well, my name is um, Mary Jo O'Sullivan. I come from a place called Castletown Bear, and it's, um, it's a fishing port in West Cork, streams of West Cork. Sullivan in um, $53.76. So, do I give you 53 or 54? Well, you see, that's up to you to decide. Well, if I give people. Say, say they're in your case, what like, norm is everybody above 50 give a dollar to, right? Above the half. Give the 54. Yeah. Everyone, see the 37 trials, give them 37. 37. Yeah. And uh, the remaining balance, we say we give, get them next, they'll get it next time or, or we go no, forward. No, no, it's done. The company keeps it. And it's company funds. Well, so some, guy, some guy gets sticky about his 12 cents. Well, how do you give them 12 cents? Exactly. But that's what the ask the other companies to do. But yeah. I know that's what Dave Campion did. Right. So you're that's your, your decision, like, you know, I mean, I'm leaving it up to you. Like, you, you got to have it every month, Paul, you know? Yeah. Um, like, if, look, the guy is getting 46, so wait, shouldn't I get 46 anyway? No, you, some months, you know, you have happened some months, and you can find yourself down five or six dollars. So keep, if, you, if you're up five or six, keep it. This is the first time that there are four women in the hills in Lebanon, in Camp Shamrock with Unifil. Camp Shamrock is in the AO, Area of Operations. You could call it a danger zone. Again, this is the first trip that two of us have been sent out. You know, and this is obviously with the new, that um, where all appointments are opening up, where hopefully we will yeah. well, see increase the number. fellows that are under you? Do they mind? Well, it's no different. It's not, um, there's a military system of whether you're a male or a female, there's a system there and that, that's what they're accustomed to. And, and is it really like that? It's, the, the, the people who are in the army, everything is, you know, I suppose you could say it's regimentalised and there's a system and there's a chain of command and everything works that way regardless the person over you may be younger than you but there is a military system so you know and it's all accepted it is accepted but the you know the relation there's obviously a good relationship as well between people you know and that's that's what's important too you know and there's a chain of command and everybody has a particular part in it mm-hmm. and that's that's the military system anyway you know and it's the same in, in military systems all over the world and it wouldn't be any different here and it really does work like that I mean, do you not have some guys underneath you who say bloody women or something like that? There will be people everywhere who may not like their superiors, whether they're male or female, and that's in every job in life. But it's it's because you're a woman. No, no, definitely not. This is uh, Sergeant Hall, and Sergeant Hall is the guard commander. So the first duty in the morning is that the guard is mounted, and that means that they're. 
their weapons are mounted, uh, they're loaded and they're ready to do their security duty. So Sergeant Hall, being the guard commander, would fall the guard in. And the, the procedure is that I would inspect their weapons first to see that there, that there are no rounds in them, that they're not loaded. And then we will actually go through the procedures of and the expression is to, to mount the guard. Then they're ready to do security duty. Mel Mel Ara, Concagrip, Hispanic Arab. The weapons are checked at this stage. Up to Turimi. Dishast of Logol. Sieg Aram. Carry on. At this stage, the guard is mounted and the guard commander will carry on with his duties. So everybody then has their particular duty to do and their orders for them. So one of the first things that I would do then is check all the ordnance here and check all the, the weapons, everything that's serially marked. Uh, count the ammunition, sign for it and check it. And that's the first duty in the morning. I'm based up here in the battalion in Camp Shamrock. As my primary job is pay officer, which means that I have responsibility for paying all the Irish who are both here and in Lakura. And uh, so you go to the banks, do you? Go to the bank. The banks in Israel every week. Mm -hmm. And what's that like compared to at home? It's a very, the system can be quite difficult to work with in Israel from the point of view of one needs a lot of patience. There would be a minimum of a two hours queuing system, a minimum, and that's regardless of the transaction. You know, there may be just people in front of you who want to change a hundred dollar bill and they're still queuing for two hours. So that system, it can be very frustrating and obviously you're under pressure because you must get back to Nakura to make the three o'clock convoy to get back to the hills. So it's not Which a matter of, you can't, that's right. So, yeah. and people are back here waiting for the money, you know, and you can't, you can't come back without the money, you know. So that, that sort of aspect, that, the system is, is, you know, it's much more difficult to deal with than the, the banking system at home. Did you particularly study maths before you got into the army? Uh, no, but it's uh, in the military. You, you may not be particularly trained to do a specific job. You know, you could you could be put into various different jobs. But as it just so works, I did a, a degree in commerce. Uh, since I joined the army, we, we all go to Galway to UCG after we're commissioned, and it just so happened that I did commerce. But it could also have happened that I did science and still be over in the pay job. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a prerequisite at all. But did you choose to do it? Choose to do what? The, the pay job. The pay. You don't choose to do you're, anything you're overseas. You volunteer to come overseas. Oh, yes. And everybody who comes over was a volunteer in a volunteer list. Yeah. And the job, you don't apply for a particular appointment. But it's our, our personnel system. 
if you wanted to say no, you wouldn't put your name on the volunteer list in the first instance? No, I mean to do the pay job. I mean, you, I know you volunteer to come out, but then after that, you're put into this job. Can you say no? I say I no think. and do a different... And yeah. say, yeah. no, that the military doesn't work that way. You, you know, you're appointed to a particular appointment and that's it. Like being a convent. They have to do what they're told to. No, no, it's, it's, it's not like that at all. In fact, it's the system that operates. You wouldn't even consider saying... No, I don't want to do this job, I would do another one. Okay. Because that's, that's the same as at home, you're posted. For instance, when we leave here, we will be posted. I, I don't know where I'm going to be posted when I go back or to what job. But that's, that's the military way of life and that's the way everybody is accustomed to. And you accept all that? You do, it's, but it's something, you know, it's not, a, it's not something that's sort of enforced upon you. It's a system, you, you know what you know from the beginning. Mm. And it's not actually, it's not as bad as it sounds you know mm. people are usually matched with appointments that suit them or that they well, haven't had you before had a in commerce so therefore they would think about putting you in charge of the pay well not necessarily mm. i mean I, i'm sure very few pay officers would have you know come out with the degrees in commerce they would have maybe degrees in other areas specialities mm -hmm. but they would have experienced home and administering messes and all that sort of thing you know so it's it's certainly not a prerequisite but the idea is that everybody, you, you just don't do one job, you can do several jobs, you know, so it's, it's part of the military system. It's something that you accept. At all times, the girls must wear uniform, carry a gun, cannot leave the camp after dark without an armed escort, and home for them is from a billet to the canteen, to the mess and to their different duties. Even at night, their guns are leaning against their beds. I'm armed, as you see, and uh, we, you walk around the camp and there are certain installations to visit. Uh, you check um, billets, check uh, stores, check the bunkers, check uh, defensive post positions, and they're all checked. And you have a, a set of orders and you know exactly what to do when you follow the, the orders. And then other duties that would happen during the day is the cookhouse must be visited during meal times and check that the food is okay for personnel and uh, another aspect of then is that at 10 o'clock at night when the the canteen closes you go down and make sure that it is closed that everything is closed at 10 o'clock no more drink is served after 10 we have other um, duties the military police in Gallows Green that's where they're located near um, Camp Shamrock we contact them at night see everything's okay with them contact our transport unit and hotel that everything is okay. Basically checking all the time that everything is okay security wise in camp. The guards will carry out their duties, gates will be closed at a certain time. The orderly officer will ensure that all that is done. And the other, you're there on call in the event of anything happening. If operations get very busy or they need to clarify something, they will look for you. And the other function of the orderly officer is in the event of Groundhog, where everybody has to go to the bunkers, the orderly officer will go into a particular bunker that's designated for the orderly officer. Right, so we, we go up to uh, a bunker up here. Yeah, okay. And when Groundhog is called, all personnel will go into a specific bunker and they, they know in advance which bunker now, they've been designated. Groundhog is called how? It will be called the operation, the duty officer will designate the groundhog should be called but we have a paging system and a siren and you know everybody will know it's a it siren goes off, goes off and they know that they have to take shelter yeah.
officer will come in here, and as you, the orderly officer, this is a bunker that's designated for the orderly officer. Yeah. And as you see, there is a nominal role here, a list of everybody who is based in Camp Shamrock. Yeah. And the orderly officer will come in, and there's this, a switchboard system here, and each other bunker has a telephone in it. And the orderly officer is responsible for telephoning every bunker and ticking off the personnel that are in it. Oh, yeah. So then from the master list, if they're missing one or two others, then they can report ops. We've everybody checked, but there are two or three people we can't account for. And operations will maybe then say, well, those three people are down in a court today on a convoy or whatever. So that's the first thing you do, is that you, you check out and you make sure that everybody is safe and in the bunker they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Now, for instance, if somebody wasn't near the bunker that they should have been in, they would go to the nearest one. Yeah, so, and so you check you check, there. you check every single bunker and yeah. you, you account for everybody. Yeah. And you're here and operations will contact you and give you instructions from yeah. there. Have you been in a bunker this trip? We have, yes. Yeah. yeah. When? Not so long ago? We were in about two weeks ago. We were in twice in, in near succession during the night. What time? I think it was about two in the morning and about half three in the morning. What's it On like? sociable hours. <laughs> yeah. What's the atmosphere like in here when, when you are? Because it's the middle of the night. Are you all in your nighties? Or? Well, everybody is in, I suppose, in different states of dress and undress. Most people, the most important thing is you have your flak jacket and helmet and weapon and you get straight into the bunker and you don't hang around to, you know, sort of, you know, for any niceties. You immediately to the bunker. And most you people... You don't go back for your jewellery. No, or anything like that. So people come in and, uh, you know, there are a lot of exercises and people know exactly what to do and it is done very efficiently mm -hmm. and, and very quickly and uh, you know it's, uh, depending on the weather if it's very cold obviously people will we have what sort of people call a bunker bag ready and in the eventuality that you may be in the bunker a long time and in this bunker bag there may be a book or there may be a rug or letters or a pack of cards you know, because you don't know, you could maybe in the bunker several hours or a bottle of water or something like that. Like during the trouble last July, July. that's yeah. right. Um, there were they were in the bunkers up to a week, yeah. so you know people get you the you have your bunker bag packed and you li literally grab it, so you don't have to run around the place. And is there rations in the bunker bag? There, no, the rations are in the bunker. As you can see here, oh, here. they're oh. ration packs, so nobody's come yeah. to starve and. Very dated and they're checked and there's water every bunker and there's electricity. And and tell me what's in the ration pack? Well, you have it's actually you have for instance in this one now you have you have vegetables. There will be now these will obviously they're, they're you know they're long life. Yeah. You have potatoes. Uh, you know you will have all the essentials of women need. There will be meat, potato, veg. Um, you know, you'll have, for instance, here, you'll have, you know, your sugar, tea, there'll be some chocolate. Uh, Patty, you know, it's, it's, it, this yeah. is, it's actually a balanced diet as in this. Oh, this right, was actually yeah. something that was produced. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's used by all armies, ration What's packs. What's it like? Well, if you have nothing else, it's, it's very acceptable. You know, um, it's obviously not as good as our own, produced by our own Irish cooks, but, yeah. you know, it, it's there. And it's you know it's suitable to, to this. Do type you have of situation. to put it into boiling water or something? Or? Well, there would be instructions with everything, but most of them are you know just quick and ready to use. Yeah. And uh, they're there, they're accounted for, and there'll be enough for everybody who's in the bunker. Yeah. And there will also be, as you see, fresh water here. Oh, well, that's all water. And all you have those? a lot of cans yeah. of water, and they will be checked on a regular basis and changed.
Ah, so Mary Jo, how was your day? Well, uh, it's not over yet, Trassa, so maybe I shouldn't sort of say it was okay. Are you tired now at this stage? Well, I'm just have to come back from a run in the shower, so I've sort of rejuvenated again, you know. <laughs> we normally have training from four to five, mm. and... Um, you're all great for your runs. You were at Bridget as well too, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, How was it? The hill doesn't get any easier, you know. But I'm happy as long as I get there and back. Orla, do you run? I don't run, no. Women are, but not running. And what about your day? Um, my day, again, was different from yesterday's. Every other day, I spend most of the day out in big company today. Just met with the lads out there. and um, Arranging all their holidays. Trying to arrange all their holidays. Are they pernickety? No, they're not pernickety. <laughs> Well, some of them are pretty <laughs> Some of them are, some of them are not. H have any of you bought things here yet? <laughs> yeah, we're bad news together, I think. So. <laughs> Carmen and I go out, you know, we sort of, if you go shopping with the guys and you look at something, you say, well, what's that like? That's grand. Yeah, all right. Whereas if you go to a girl, it's, it's lovely, you should buy it, you know, you deserve <laughs> it and go on, you need it. So, like, we're bad news together, you know. I say it's going to be the, the end of me by the end of this trip. Spending ten dollars here, ten dollars there. I went out to be company today to give a talk and travel, and I ended up spending twenty dollars in a tracksuit, like just <laughs> for the sake of. It's our fix for like the day, I don't need know. a tracksuit, but, but yeah, we got you it. have your fixes <laughs> to spend money. If you spend, well, yeah. you, you know, that, that's your, you know, you've done something for the day, like you've achieved something, you've bought something else. Yeah, it cheers us up. <laughs> you share your washing facilities with the officers, don't you? Yeah. And do you meet each other in the showers? No, <laughs> no. The showers we don't meet each other, but we could be washing ourselves in the morning besides some guy shaving. Oh, could you? Yeah. <laughs> and do you chat and talk? I chat away, yeah. yeah it doesn't scare out of the way and yeah. chat age in. <laughs> See if we can get our space at the sink. Really? Yeah. Mm. How do you all sleep at night? Do you sleep well? Oh, I sleep like a log anyway. <laughs> the first night, like the first few nights, you could hear your man wailing across the way. You know, oh, yeah. The Muslims. The Muslim, yeah. So, but um, now I sleep. Like a lot. Nothing will wake me. <laughs> Even when you do a night duty. Oh yeah. I and I mean, it's, it's, it's noisy around here during the day. <laughs> it is, yeah. But you ignore it because I haven't. Um, do you all feel the same? I think you become accustomed you to it. Yeah. Like, there, there would be some shelling most nights, and I think at this stage most people sleep through it. You might hear, you might hear the explosion and say, oh, well, that's just another one. <laughs> go <laughs> go over and go back and sleep. You're genuinely so tired after yeah. the day. Yeah. People are just, everyone's in there so tired. And maybe it's the fact that at the altitude here as well, and mm. that the air is thinner. Yeah. But like, you sleep really well. Mm. By nine o'clock, all you want to do is go to bed. Yeah. You know, okay, ten, ten, after a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do for enjoyment. But well, nine o'clock, everybody, you know, that's sort of that's your meeting, social meeting time. time. Yeah. Yeah. About nine and, and you would all go to the, the canteen, is it? Or the mess? Yeah. 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 Most yeah. nice. Does it bug you being in a uniform all the time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the one thing you see, everyone <laughs> to get into service and leave. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah, you would like just to like, get changed and dial yourself up. And yeah, like at home at half four, you get changed to go home and that's it, you know. Yeah. But over here, like you're. If you're going down to the mess, you have to be in your uniform. Like, if you come in from a run, you have your shower, you have to get back into uniform to go for dinner. Yeah. First thing in the morning, up for breakfast, into uniform and go for breakfast. Yeah. But I think it's the one get thing used to it. that we'd miss more than the, the fellas, because mm -hmm. you know, yeah. girls at home would be inclined to of course, yeah. do themselves up a bit more yeah. anyway. 
Yeah. Is there any way you can do it instead? I mean, would you put on a little bit more makeup or something, or earrings or jewellery? I suppose that's. Much of a difference to do. You still in the No, you might do it once just yeah. to cheer yourself on. Like if it was like a Saturday or a Friday night, just something on in the mess, like you might yeah. try on a bit you know, of makeup. Quiz or any other yeah. celebration. <laughs> that's, that's our social our social life now, you know, yes. it's the messes and things like that. So yeah. It's yeah. like you would do at home. I think it's just like to. Then if you get down to Nakora for uh, an overnight, like it's, it's quite good. You can put on your clothes then. Put on <laughs> What about things like getting your hair done? Is that possible? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually got my hair cut uh, two days ago in Nakora. Yeah. Was you it know, a fellow or a girl? A guy. Yeah. These guys. The big problem is finding one of them who can speak English. You know, that's, that's one thing. But it was the, I was lucky, it was a guy. I used to cut my hair last trip. Mm -hmm. You end up bald. You know, you could end up anyway. They, yes. not in fact, I've seen <laughs> some fellows with the most horrendous haircuts. Yeah. Fellows, you know. Especially so. what they could do to a girl. Exactly. exactly. But it's just that it's so peculiar because you go in and it's like a little, um, you know, it's sort of like an outhouse or a shed in a farm. You know, it may have three walls and the fourth wall may be open on the street. You know, there's no door. So you're there with sort of a semi, you know, like salon, you know, and he's a few posters on the wall or something. And, uh, but you know, he has a scissors and he does the, the job. But for instance, when I was getting my cut, you know, he cut it and he styled it and he had sort of a few words of English here and there. And um, he didn't have any power to dry it because, in, in you know, in the core, the lights lot, the, you know, lot mm. of generators. So there's a generator, some other guy had a generator about three or four doors down. So you toddle down Mingy Street with, the, you know, your wet, dripping hair beside your man with a hairdryer in hand, and you go into a barber shop, and he plugs it in and just proceeds, you know, as if it's the most natural thing in the world. And the barber carries on reading his Lebanese paper, whatever, you know. And there are things that you just wouldn't dream of doing at home, or, you know, you wouldn't walk down the street with the hair dripping and the towel around you, you know, but it's just, it's just the norm here, you know. And, and you nobody takes any notice. Nobody takes any notice. Yeah. Yeah. But the first time